at with another episode of the Earbuds. A little different with uh, Mark kicking things off. Um, we have had a hard time this week, as have many people. Um, but I think now is the time, even if you have a platform as small as ours, to try and do something um, and say something. So we're going to put out an episode. First, we're going to say some words. Uh, and this isn't coming from, you know, the place of like every other brand or podcast or whatever. It's releasing stuff. It's because we, um, as a podcast, thrive off of and discuss a lot of musical work from Black artists. Um, and I think if you took the Black contribution to the music industry, uh, the past, or really the entire music industry would just disappear without that. Um, and too many people take that for granted and too many people commodify the Black culture in America and commodify that experience without really empathizing or even attempting to um, connect with what it actually means to spend every day as a Black person in America and um, how that affects somebody. Uh, it's not just a topic for a song or a storyline. For a TV show, it's, it drastically changes every aspect of their life. Um, and it's not a choice they make. Uh, it's, it's a very difficult topic to talk about. So um, a lot of people are unsure of what to do at this time. Uh, and if you're unsure, the first thing to do is listen and read and research and go back and listen and read and research until you have a, you know, somewhat of an idea of what's going on. And the most important part about that is just empathizing and trying to understand. And throughout that, you should get a better idea. And then if you want to do your post to your post, um, the blackout square is fine, I guess. But <laughs> Listen, yeah, we'll uh, yeah, talk about the blackout square. At this point, when you when you do post on Instagram or Facebook or whatever, there is there is no but. We're past that. The buts have led us to this past week. That the but he's not he's not respecting the flag. But I just wish you know it wasn't interrupting football. But they're on a highway. But they're doing it during rush hour. That's done with. This is what happens. Um, so also while you're doing your research, um, before you post your Martin Luther King memes requesting peaceful protests, spend some time reading interviews in his later life and some of the regrets he started to have towards the end for, by the way, he was murdered for those peaceful protests. Um, I don't really have much else to say on that. Just do your best to empathize and support black people and voices around you and just listen. Um, we have links with the usual earbud Chicago bias in our episode description for some concrete action you can take. Um, there's, there's similar links um, for just about every city. So um, 
feel free to just do some Googling on that. Um, but really just, yeah, now is, is the time to get it together. That's, that's my piece. Well said, well said, Mark. Um, now is, now is definitely the time. Um, so just check out the links in our bio. Um, again, ours are, are definitely, we live in Chicago. What's happening is, is hitting our streets and backyards. Um, so similarly, you, you most likely have something in your city that's going on. You can donate to you. So just be well-researched, be well-educated, donate if you can. Try to empathize, as Mark said. Um, and with that, we're going to try and have a fun episode. Um, talking about Freddie Gibbs and Run the Jewels. Um, maybe before we get into that, you, you did mention kind of the Blackout Tuesday. I, I kind of wanted to touch on that um, a little bit. Uh, the Black Square that was going around on Instagram. Um, it, was, uh, it was difficult for me. Um, I do handle the social media accounts for my the brand that I work at. And when when you see when you see something trending immediately, especially with everything going on, you you believe that you have to do it in order to be to be perceived as a part of the mm-hmm. movement, right? Um and it's difficult to to kind of step away and like really think about is that the right thing to do like can can we be doing something else um and i just yeah i want to voice that to everyone else kind of like if you if you anywhere you work um if some like take a step back and kind of think about like what your post even like for your personal accounts like what you're going to post or say or do is really meaningful um and a lot of people started to post the black box with like links to, to places to donate or read more, like with, you know, descriptions about things you, you should be aware of, which was great. Um, but just kind of, that's my two cents on the whole bit is like kind of understand what, what you're doing without like black lives matter. Isn't a trend. It's mm-hmm. not a trending topic. It is a horrific tragedy of the system that is, currently going on it's not it's not a trending topic so just kind of keep that in mind um but i did want to talk about like kind of the musical impact of it because what i was reading late on monday was that uh the blackout tuesday idea was kind of brainstormed um across the music industry as a way to disconnect from work and sit back and listen which i think at its core is like a like a fine mission statement if you're gonna you know call it that whatever um, I think it got blown way out of proportion. And I think that the music industry who's profited off of the black community and, you know, not done the most with the black community for a very long time, didn't have the right response because a lot of the major record labels, yes, they put out a response, you know, where racism is, racism is bad, but very few of them made any reasonable contribution to helping the what is going on. Universal, Interscope, Def Jam, Sony, Columbia Records, Atlantic, Virgin, Spotify, Apple Music, I can go on and on and on. Nobody donated. Not a single one of those organizations made a significant comment on what they're going to do to change things. Um, 
And I think that's wrong for a industry that, as you had mentioned at the top, has wouldn't be around without black artists and and black stories. And I think that's that's just wrong. Uh, yeah, <laughs> honestly, uh, it is. It's all all the brand statements. Um, I didn't see yours, so I'm not including this it in this, but. It was just okay, the black yeah. box, and it was just like we're listening, which is yeah. I I mean, yeah, uh, yeah. like excluding like that entire trend of like you know the written statements on like the the background or whatever is like I can count on my hand like one hand like the amount that I saw that were actually good and like even said anything. Like there is a certain right. skill to writing those statements and writing three paragraphs and not actually saying anything (laughs) like like, to your point what you said at the top and i think it was incredibly moving it's like we're beyond the 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 vague statements like we're we're in it like we have to change as a country like make a like make a reasonable effort to put something forward that will change your business practices or how you handle black artists or how you promote black artists, like make a reasonable effort to change the way things are. And I I do want to highlight one company that I I did an amazing job. I think Um, Bandcamp. I don't know if you saw this. They're, they're always very good. Every, uh... yeah, they're, they're always great, but they did every June 19th, from now until forever, they're going to donate a hundred percent of the proceeds on of sales on that day to the NAACP, which I think is is great. And they're going to donate thirty thousand dollars per year to organizations that fight racial justice. Like that is how you, that's how you make a change. Is like you you sit back as a you know corporate executive branch and you're like, I'm sick of I'm sick of this. What can we do? to put a plan in place that could actually make a difference. It's not like, okay, what can we say to, you know, make sure people on both sides are happy with the PR statement yeah. <laughs> we make because we still want their money. No, like we're, we are beyond that. Like we are beyond the PR sentiment of what you're going to post on Instagram or Twitter, like do something. And I think Bandcamp, I think that's great. It was awesome to see. Yep. Also, yeah, Ben and, ben and Jerry's is right. probably the best one. Ben and Jerry's, Ben and Jerry's went in. Ben and Jerry's went in, which was yeah. They had a great, they had a great uh, response. If you haven't seen it, go check out what Ben and Jerry's said because I can't do it justice by like no. reading it. It's kind of it's a very emotional piece. So go check it out. Um, with that, we are gonna um, we're gonna talk about some albums. Uh, unless you have any news and notes, Mark. Oh, uh, no. All right. Oh, we're going to talk about Freddie Gibbs, is what I meant to say. We're going to talk about news and notes. <clears throat> um, so last Friday, uh, Freddie Gibbs released his second collab album with uh, legendary hip-hop producer The Alchemist. Um, it's got features from Rick Ross, Tyler the Creator, Benny the Butcher. It's pretty short. It comes in at about 35 minutes. Um, kind of overall, I think he really finds his, his, uh, like underground. Well, take a step back. He has already found his underground niche over the last six, seven years, you know, like had an incredible album with Mad Lib, 
uh, Pinata. Uh, I think his album, his his solo album, Freddie from 2018, was exceptional. He's per- he's really perfected that like jazzy, um, soulful gangster rap. Uh, I think he's he's one of the best rappers um, alive right now. I think that's no questions asked. Um, so yeah, I mean, this is a surprise for me. I honestly didn't even know he was releasing music. It kind of came out of nowhere. So I was, I was really happy to listen to this. And it's been in constant rotation since last Friday. I think especially since every, what has been going on, I've frequently found myself uh, plugging this on the headphones for 30 minutes at a time. Yeah, it's, um, it's interesting that it seems like he his kind of projects the last like five or six years like you mentioned um it's a lot of mad lib and alchemist and then some kenny beats in there um and they each have like a relatively unique sound to them but they're still not as far off as you would expect from each other i think uh which is just a way to say that he it fits on all of them perfectly and I still think he could even go for like some crazy experimental stuff and find like the pocket on just about any song. Uh, <laughs> like he is, he is on. I mean, like, he's an exceptional rapper. Right he's an exceptional rapper. Um, a great storyteller. I think, I do think he could fit. Like, in pretty it, much anything I think together. 1985, uh, the opener is like, the instrumental is like pretty slow and it's got just like some kind of like slow, like single guitar notes and that he just like hops on and goes and it sounds awesome. The guitar rips yeah. on that are great. Uh, it's just like a very cool. It sounds like, to... like badass lounge music or something. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Um, I mean, I loved the the cocaine circus uh, <laughs> lyric on on the opening track. Uh, shout out to the last dance, uh, which I also think this song had a yeah. Joe Exotic reference. Um, I mean, overall, really great project. Um, yeah, I mean, the song Frank Lucas with Benny the Butcher, I think, also is pretty. I'm gonna use experimental in quotation marks, but like has some of that more abrasive. Um. Yeah, like abrasive guitars and, and sound and beats to it, but like it's all pretty slow. And then they just let Freddie go to work. Like, whatever flow you want, go to work. Um, I love the Rick Ross feature, I really liked the Tyler feature. Um, I thought Tyler's was like maybe a little bit left to be desired. Nothing, oh, really. I liked I mean, it a lot. It, it was good, but it wasn't, <laughs> yeah. Like, the really? boat line was really funny to me. Yeah, the boat line was funny, and then it came through at the very end. Um, yeah, he was talking about you know his like rise to stardom and buying a boat that he doesn't have yet, and uh, all sorts of other stuff. Yeah, I mean the album itself um, is like very much just the classic Freddie Gibbs like kind of storytelling rap about like drug dealing, um, and it's also just packed with sports references. Throughout, <laughs> tons it's of like, sports references. It's very much a Freddie. Well, he's had a. It's very much a Freddie project. I mean, he's had a crazy rise to, kind of like where yeah. he is in the rap, sphere. Um, 
I mean, he signed a uh, young Jeezy, I think in like 2013 or 2014, was quickly like kind of dismissed from the record and then landed with Pinata, which I think I think is still his best work. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, he had like PSG like, and, it, it sh- and a couple other like mixtapes. Yeah. So he was like, uh, like people knew him, and then Pinata kind of like busted down the walls, I guess, towards like regular and I think like, it was, coverage. And... Yeah, and I think it was the Pitchwork review uh, that came out yesterday or today, talking about how like him and the alchemist kind of like saw what was happening in rap and now have like made he's Freddie has made his own little underground niche mm-hmm. like cult following. Um, so like he, he's never going to drop a top, you know, billboard track, but he's going to consistently deliver incredible yeah. music. Yeah. Um, and that, and this is a, it's a very good album. That's really <laughs> like top to bottom. Is, is All right. Circling say. back to, um, I did want to talk to you, like, yeah, how does it, or I was going to say, how does it relate to, to 2018? Um, he released Fetty, was the album in 2018 uh, with Alchemist. And I was going to just ask, like, how did you think it kind of compared to that album? Same producer, same rapper. That was years difference. one of my favorite projects of that year. It was, like, just just missed my top ten. Um, and I, you know, this has only been out a week or so, but definitely same ballpark, I think, quality-wise. Absolutely the same ballpark, and I think I that, like. I mean, there that Fetty was just um, Gibbs and Currency, like it was kind of like their own tape with the Alchemist. So this has, yeah, not that I have anything against Currency, but this is like just because it's just Freddy allows for like more features, which, and it's like a really funny, not funny, but like an interesting feature list. It's two Griselda guys, Rick Ross and Tyler, the creator, <laughs> like very interesting mix. Griselda. Uh, the Rick Ross feature I thought was really good. Um, and similarly, I don't want to keep taking the same points from the Pitchfork article. Yeah, but read it. On that track, it's kind of like as the as the song hits, it's like it's a it's an, a beat that you would expect to hear yeah. across. Like as you listen to it, if you didn't see the feature list, I told you there was an artist on that song. Guess who it is? You probably would land. I wonder if he has audio files <laughs> like, that he like when he agrees to do a feature. He like he's like layer this in. <laughs> He might. I mean, he's probably got a bunch of yeah, yeah. just velvety verses that he lets. Um, yeah. yeah. So you mentioned him being one of the best rappers alive. Would you how um, empath- empathetic? That's the word. Are you of that top five, top three, top one? He's probably top five. Um, I I would really have to think about it and put together like and yeah. start getting nitpicky, but he's probably top five. Uh, I mean, it's him and Pusha are like you know operating very mm-hmm. similar spheres, but very mm-hmm. two very different sounds. Um, Pusha is much more that like 
very, very elite production, good music studio yeah. vibe. Freddie's a and little. Freddie is like just velvety. It's he's Gary Indiana. It's just like a very, very soft, vibey, like rough sounding track. Uh, but they, I mean, like those are probably like one, two. And then I have to really think about the other three and how they how they sit, but it's yeah. I mean, how I guess you? it depends on criteria you're looking at, but I do think my in my opinion something right. Like, what's the criteria? Like, top five alive is probably Andre three thousand. Yeah, I would say so like active. he's not producing music. Um, but to that point, yeah, like uh, you have to give like Freddie some major credit for like the amount of projects he's released recently that have all been very good oh it's like been like one a year for like the past five years (laughs) yeah i mean he hasn't missed in in years um last year he released bandana with mad lib great album one of the best albums of the year Fetty was 2018 freddie was 2018 which i i just mentioned that was one of my favorite projects of that year uh you only live twice that was like one of our first episodes we talked about You Only Live Twice back in 2017. Um, yeah, I mean, he's got like five years straight of really great albums. Yeah. Uh, I would, I mean, honestly, so I guess this encompasses um, like just straight up skill and I guess like artistic vision would be my top two criteria, but like I think it goes Kendrick and then Freddie. Like, <laughs> we should do uh, the note, like a notes top thirty alive, top twenty five alive. And I'm always just nervous music. of doing. Oh, was that, was I'm, dude, I'm so nervous did, of did doing did... like one of those, and then like leaving <laughs> out somebody like. It's so, like yeah, but push a T and like. <laughs> It's our one tweet to go viral. It's just like being idiots. <laughs> yeah, I think it was Ebro that released it and just got absolutely torched after releasing like a note, yeah. like an iPhone notes version of his top 25. Um, yeah, I mean, eventually we'll, we'll do it, but great album. Definitely check it out. Um, again, very easy, quick listen, 35 minutes. Um, the Alchemist, an amazing like legendary hip hop producer work with the um, prodigy is kind of like his most, well, I guess maybe, I don't know, probably his most famous work, but I mean, who cares? Uh, really like came to, came to power fruition or whatever in like the early nineties, mid nineties. So it's been around for a long time. It's just like cool to see, see these two guys kind of just like yeah. ride the wave. <laughs> like they they know exactly what they're doing. All right, that's, yeah, that's that what was, I got. That was Freddie Gibbs talk. All right, let's talk about RTJ four. So, Roller Jewels, one of our favorite uh, rap duos, rap groups, so uh, released an album today. RTJ four, a couple days early. It's supposed to really supposed to be released on Friday. Um, came out a couple days early. Um, it really does. <laughs> that's my. That's my. Uh, and this is going to be um, maybe so, not a good sec or not not good, but um, 
we haven't everything we do is good. sat with this album for more than a couple hours each probably <laughs> i mean it it came out so came really out my I, I honestly my like alfredo stuff is more thoughtful than my rcj4 stuff i just like wrote down a lot of things that i liked it's like i like the part the song when it came out. <laughs> <laughs> all right well let's Let's just go. Let's maybe just go through your list, or we'll just like roll off the. Yeah, so I guess like overall, my um, my like very general take is that it sort of reminds me of Run the Jewels three, um, the previous project. Uh, yeah, because the the prequel, the songs still flow into each other because that's something that LP always does really well. But overall, I think the sound kind of bounces around throughout the album. Like, there's some really wild beats and then some more that are just, like, cool, aggressive, guitar-driven. Um, whereas I think one and two are each very cohesive sonically. Uh, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. It just yeah. kind of seems they're branching out into more different sounds and directions um, with each project. Uh this was this was very experimental for RTJ. Uh, I wrote down like after my first listen, I just wrote, "This is the Run the Jewels version of Yeezus," where it's like a little harsh at times. It's abrupt. It's it's futuristic with like some kind of spacey. Well, it's very much in the background, like at some places, like it's very the neon colors, the, the beat changes. Um... There's just like a lot. So on three, and then this one especially, like you can see, or not see, you you can hear a lot of the production is um, LP kind of like going back to his like solo style, where yeah, I think maybe that's kind of what I was trying to articulate before. RTJ one and two had a very um, like LP was not doing his production style that he was doing for his solo career. He like tailored tailored specifically for Run the Jewels. This you can hear him like again, not a bad thing because I really like it. You can hear him though drifting back to like, yeah, you said like kind of the future, like it's very like dystopian sounding at times. Which is uh fitting yeah. for our current climate. So <laughs> I uh I, it's not surprising yes, it to me at all that he's drifting back to that. Like, yeah. I mean, and, and oh. I like it a lot. Um, I, I like that it's very different. I mean, we talk about this every episode when we discuss an artist. Because, I mean, we only discuss people we like. But it's like some artists you want to experiment and do something different. And some you just, like, stick to what mm -hmm. you got. Like, I like this. RTJ, they have earned the leniency to kind of do whatever they want they're one of the best rap groups rappers artists yeah. of the last 20 years they 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 are so good um and they always deliver amazing work like go do whatever you want so like on some of these songs i was i was oh this is oh yeah just, that one's the song just, um with for with pharrell and zach de la roche i was just like this is fucking wild like there's there's some song. songs, especially um, with got... like the features. Like that one especially though. Um 
it's, there's it's just so much crammed into one song <laughs> and it, it seems like it's gonna explode it's a ton of it, stuff. It works. It's so much which i was so i will say um yeah and lp has always done this his production so often as the song goes along like layers come in and out of the beat and um like different instruments and samples are added just kind of not at random but not even like oh like first three we're gonna add this it's just like very much on the fly um it, like every song feels very organic because of that uh and i would this is this is headphone music like you ha- have to there's oh there's so much that good uh, i listened for the first time in my car on my way back from work um and then when i got home put it on in headphones and i like just like production wise you hear so much more you re- you get a lot <laughs> um i mean the fourth track holy calamba fuck is one of those songs that like i think was the most yeah <laughs> different and unique i was just like i mean I, yeah like to your point i was listening with my headphones and was like there's a like, lot oh, of <laughs> like, like this is... vocal samples and not like singing necessarily vocals but like yeah it's really like interesting spoken words yeah yeah, I mean, they haven't done that a lot, um, which is kind of surprising because I feel like spoken word is usually delivered as a like a vehicle for mm-hmm. poetry, like the you know, the marginalized, which Killer Mike is like a huge um, spokesperson. Um, yeah, I'm, I, I've been surprised they've never done that before. So it was like, I mean, I, it, it hits on this album, especially everything go, going on currently. Uh, so I liked that. I mean, it's interesting walking in the snow. So so track six, um, they have a few lyrics, Killer Mike does in particular, talking about I can't breathe. Um, and I saw it t- as soon as this got released. Someone tweeted at LP. It was just like, yeah, like it's amazing that they wove these lyrics into this album, given everything that's going on. He responded, we wrote these in fall of 2019. And it's just like, this is, yeah, it it just hits home again that this issue, it does not go away. Mm -hmm. Something has to change. It was crazy. Like, as I read that tweet, I was like, geez. Yeah, it does seem. This is unreal. That you you can write something that still holds, like, it's it's still relevant. Yeah. Like, months, years later. It seems like this. Unfortunately. So, uh, like, the previous albums, it felt like most of the, the songs were either like, banger or kind of more serious and like sometimes the bangers would have like one or two kind of like oh like fuck trump or whatever but usually like it was pretty you could separate them out pretty easily and typically like the track list would slant towards more bangers um where they're just like hooting and hollering and having a fun time um but this one is yeah uh there's obviously like 
walking in the snow and I would say like pulling the pin um, and just um, pop out as like the obvious like capital S serious tracks. But there's a lot of um, there's definitely bangers, but a lot of those have just like like they've blurred the line. Um, I think there's a lot of political content like throughout this album, which I think is a good thing. Um, I think it's a good thing too, and it's what makes them. It's what I love most about them. Um, but they they nail it for the first time. Uh, I will say, like, the ground below is, is like and the... maybe Ooh La La, Ooh La La, are, like, the two that stick Ooh out La to La me as just, like, straight up, like, we're goofing around here. But, for, like, there's, like, you can yeah. pull a few heavy lines from a lot of these songs. Yeah, I guess what I meant is more, like, there isn't a huge divide song to song where like on RTG right, yeah. there you can, it seems like fairly obvious. It also is crazy to me. It's been four years since RTJ three. <laughs> I, I just looked, I was like, ah, oh, that that's crazy. That's crazy. I feel like that was released like two years ago. Um, so what did you think of the I mean this is something we always talk about when our, our uh, run the jewels release an album is the feature list because they always have some surprises some usual suspects um what did you think of so we've got on Ulala Greg Nice DJ Premier uh, out of sight with two chains uh just which you talked about has Pharrell and Zach De La Roche from Rage Against the Machine Pulling the pin, we've got Mavis. So I, I mean, they Boo. all like. And I know, I know. Uh, Boo. She's on walking in Boo the is on one of these, but she's not like technically in. Um, yeah, she's not technically on the track. List. Esquire had a that spoken word bridge in one of the songs. Um, yeah, I mean, they all like filled their roles really well. My question though is, where is Josh Holm? I've like listened to that song a couple times and you're just yeah. missing it, maybe. <laughs> well, that's exactly how I felt about and it's gonna about he has a whole verse. I listened to that song without like I, I know that. I know that he has a whole verse. I saw it coming up as I was working. I saw I have my genius lyrics up, I've got my track list up, I'm listening to the song. I'm like, all right. Two chains is up next. I started plugging away in. Oh know, yeah, it is a relative. I was like, "Where the fuck is two chains?" <laughs> I, I like had to. I like went back real quick. It's like, oh, I missed it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know about Josh Holm. He's from Queens. Uh, I will Stones, say right? that Pullington yeah. is that is the as much as I love like shit talking and like angry LP. I love the like that first verse where it's like the. That's the like the real like dystopian sounding like music, and he's kind of like talk rapping like very uh, conspiratorially, almost like to you over just like slow like creepy like um, like nineteen eighty four type beats almost like it feels like a police state that he's like rapping in. 
It does. It feels very. <laughs> it feels very our time. <laughs> um, unfortunately. Um, yeah. I mean, I I think I need to I need to sit with this a little bit more. Um, I gave it two two listens. Um, it's run the jewels. You know, it's like they didn't. No, miss they, this. they did it real I can well. Say that confidently. Um. Yeah, like I don't know where this is going to end up on my year-end list. I don't know where it compares to like RTJ one through three. I think there's a lot to digest in every song, um, be, mm-hmm. and because it is so different, there's like a lot to consume. Because um, on RTJ three, they started to kind of do some of the stuff. It started to get a little bit yeah. weird, more weird. I mean, like I say, more weird. They made a whole album with yeah. uh, meow sounds. <laughs> you know, like. Uh, I guess more futuristic and experimental, but yeah, I think there's a lot to unpack. I'm looking forward to listening to this a couple more times. Um, I'm pumped they released it a few days early. The cover art is sick. Um, yeah, I mean that's that's really what well, all I've got. I, I definitely want to sit with this a little bit more. We'll probably re- I hope we revisit it. Yeah, maybe you know, do a little I've, bit more. I would be kind of shocked song if song we digestion. got through a round um, table in December and this wasn't mentioned. I agree. I would agree. I'd be shocked if at the end of the year list episode where someone doesn't have this on there. Um, yeah, I mean, great album. Looking forward to, to listening again. Definitely check out Run the Jewels if you've never heard of them, if you've never listened to their music and have heard of them. Yeah, my, I guess my like closing comment does be, rocks. this was one of those projects where I was like nervous for almost just not because I was like, I don't think it will be good, but I'm like, oh, like, what if it's not good? And then there's going to be, you know, a bad run the jewels album. And then what do we do? Um, but that, that is not the case. <laughs> well, yeah, being like, we, we at least as, um, you know, small podcasters hold up run the jewels to a certain threshold. And if they, you know, they're three for three, if they can't meet, that same mark like yeah. what do we do i mean they hit it again so now they they're, they're gonna two, tour for three years and then, and then we'll you're just, circle then we'll back just, on this yeah for rtj5 right, just gonna nip <laughs> yeah we'll yeah we'll nitpick here and there but like it's a great album um yeah hopefully we get to see them uh <laughs> live once concerts are you know thumbs up again um but yeah fun episode uh, thanks for listening. Follow us on the social medias. Listen to Freddie. Listen to RTJ. Uh, do what you can for social justice. It's important. Yep. Um, that's it. See ya.